0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is from Luke, the fifth chapter. When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I'll let down the nets. And when they'd done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. You know, dear friends of Christ, It's a season of epiphany. In our Old Testament lesson, Isaiah states the problem. No matter how closely they listen to Him, and Him is God, they'll never understand. No matter how closely you look, you'll never see. The darkness of our world is pervasive today. The unbelief, even in believers, is strong. They know the name of Jesus, they just don't believe. They know the word of God is true, they just don't trust the words. The Bible says that they walk in spiritual blindness, that they're continually not seeing and they're continually not understanding. That's not epiphany. Epiphany are for the ones who see where the Holy Spirit comes and directs us so that we can see and that we can realize what's going on. During the season of Epiphany, God opens and reveals His Son. And of course, during the season of Epiphany, we always have a few miracles to deal with as we're trying to figure out who this Jesus is. And it starts out with His baptism as as the heavens open, that's a miracle, and then uh, uh, God descends in the form of a Holy Spirit, and then uh, the, the heavens... Uh, The chambers of heaven echo with His voice. That's a miracle. Then we see Jesus stepping into His first miracle, the changing of water into wine. Just an obscure, insignificant miracle. But He gets to the bigger ones. right? He gets to the part where He starts raising people from the dead. And of course, when you start raising people from the dead, people take notice. Your name starts getting spoken around town and around the country. That's exactly what happened to Jesus. Well, this morning we see another of Jesus' miracles. Uh, he's, he fills the boat with fish. And do you really think, I mean, think about that. Do you really think Jesus did stuff like that? Heaven's open, raises people, boats fill with fish, water to wine. Do you really think Jesus did stuff like that? Do you think he really is who he claims to be? Do you trust in him? Our theme for this morning is simple. Trust Jesus. I want you to take a look at this piece of art if they get it up on the screen. It, it portrays our gospel lesson this morning. Uh, Peter is the one sitting in the bow of the boat there. The guy on the left the guys in the left in the middle are probably Andrew, James and John. Look at the fishermen on the right. They're the ones sitting down, the one in the white robe. His face is darkened. we really can't see him, uh, but he, he looks downcast. He looks defeated. He looks exhausted, worn out. That's what life does to you. That's what happens after a night of fishing all night long and not catching a single thing. The crew was frustrated, annoyed. Have you ever felt like those two look? Because look at the one standing. (laughs) Look at his look. Have you ever worked hard at something only to realize it didn't matter or worked so hard at something only to realize that in the end, And you have nothing to show for all your hard work. Well, now look at Jesus in the forefront. Jesus is asked Peter to go out into the deep water. Why don't you try going out in the deep water to catch some fish, put down your nets? And look at Jesus' face. He's intent, he's serious. And yet there's a resolve, a certainty. And look at his hand. It's almost like he's saying, I got this. You don't have to worry. I'm going to take care of this. Trust me. And Jesus is looking at the empty net, and Jesus is looking at Peter's face. And finally, look at the expression on Peter's face in the bow of the boat. He's looking at Jesus. What kind of expression is that? What kind of look is that? Look at the one in the blue standing. What, what's he thinking? Is that a look of ex- extreme skepticism, doubt, frustration, exhaustion? Perhaps the annoyance of a fisherman who hasn't caught anything all night, I I don't know. But Jesus said, take the boat into deep water, lower your nets, and catch some fish. And you can almost hear Peter thinking, you want me to do what? It's kind of like Tom Hanks would say to a high school actor who shows up to give him some advice on how to act. Uh, You want me to do what? You see, Peter was a professional fisherman. He knew about the Sea of Galilee. Jesus was a teacher. What did he know about the craft of fishing? Sure, Jesus had other skills, but fishing skills, nope, none. He did not know the first thing about the fine art of fishing on the Sea of Galilee. But Peter was patient with Jesus' requests. Teacher, teacher, not fisherman, teacher. We worked all night long to catch fish. We caught nothing. Oh, but if you say so, I'll lower the nets. You see, every season, fisherman knew if you want to catch fish in the Sea of Galilee, you'd do it at night in the depths. Fishing in the depths during the day was a complete waste of time. But Peter also knew Jesus. Peter had been around Jesus long enough to know that when Jesus says something, you'd better pay attention. I mean, he'd seen Jesus drive out demons. He'd seen Jesus heal people, even his mother-in-law. And so Peter said, Master, we toiled all night, caught nothing but at your word. Did you hear that? At your word. I'll let down the nets. Because you say so, I will do what you say. Those are key words to understanding our text today. That's the faith point. Matter of fact, that's the meaning of the miracle. Jesus is about to fill their boat with fish, but for what purpose? What's the reason for the boat filled with fish? For the purpose that we might believe that when Jesus speaks, his word is true. Trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. Do you? Do you trust his word? Do you love him above anything else? Do you strive to read his word, to study it, to know it, to learn it? to dedicate your time to it, and to believe everything that Jesus tells you to believe in those words, even though some of the things in God's Word that He tells us to believe are quite unbelievable, and in fact, maybe even illogical. Isaiah states the problem of our unbelief. No matter how closely you listen, you'll never understand. No matter how closely you look, you'll never see. And such is the pervasiveness of the darkness of the unbelieving world today that lies around us and affects the hearts of God's children. They know the name of Jesus, but they don't believe. For example, do you believe in the resurrection of all flesh? Do you honestly believe that Jesus is going to come back again someday? And do you honestly believe that when Jesus comes back again, there is going to be an opening of all the graves and all the dead people are going to come out all around the world? Does that sound like something an intelligent person would believe? Where's the proof? Why should we trust the Word of God when reality seems to deny His words? The dead are dead. Why believe the words of Jesus simply because they're unprovable or unbelievable? Why should we trust the Word of Jesus when His words demand us to believe by faith? But that's what Hebrews says is a definition of faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Faith is the conviction of things we can't see. Can you believe in things you can't see? Can you believe in things you can't prove? We call it the Christian faith. This is the Christian faith. Simply because we can't prove it. And yet Jesus is building this trust building in our hearts every day. The Holy Spirit's building this, this relationship of trust every single day in the hearts of His children all the time. Are you a person of faith? Are you able to take Jesus in His Word? Are you able to do what Peter did? Believe that God is for you, even though you feel like He's against you. Believe that you're precious and valuable in His sight, even though you feel worthless and unloved? Do you believe in Jesus? Will you trust in Him? Do you believe what He says? Will you follow in His ways, even when it feels like a huge waste of time, or maybe even worse? That's what Peter did. Followed Jesus. Rolled the boat out into the depths, Cast out the nets into the depths of the waters. Let let down your net of faith into the depths of God's promises. Put your life into the hand of a God who takes care of you. He's faithful. He's worthy of your trust. Consider what happened to Peter. Went out to the depths, cast out their nets, and pulled in so much fish it took two boats to bring back the hall, But for Peter, after the thrill and the euphoria of that ultimate catch, he fell on his knees before Jesus. That euphoria gave way to fear and guilt. Depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Now, don't confuse those words. They sound like words of unbelief. Those, that, that confession sounds grim. That confession sounds unbelieving. Depart from me, Lord. Leave me. I'm an unclean man. But those are not words of a man who doubts. Those are words of a man who believes. Those are words of a man who trusts. Those are words of faith. Those are your words. Those are my words. Those were the words... Depart from me, I'm an unclean man. They were the words of Isaiah in our Old Testament lesson. Woe is me, for I'm lost. That word for lost means damned. Woe is me, I'm a damned man. I'm a man of unclean lips. That's the voice of faith. Faith recognizes brokenness. Faith recognizes sin. Faith understands that we're not worthy to stand in the presence of a holy God, and we neither do we deserve it. And faith understands that Jesus is holy. And faith understands that Jesus in His holiness comes to us now in His bread and wine, so that I eat His body and drink His blood and I become the temple of God. Faith grasps that. Faith understands no matter how deep the waters and dark the waters of life, Jesus will pull blessings out of the depths of that darkness. Trust Jesus. Be bold to make Peter's confession. Depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Be bold to make Isaiah's confession. Woe is me, for I am lost, I'm damned, I'm a man of unclean lips. Because faith leads us to see. Faith leads us to see our sinfulness, yes. But faith also leads us to see God's faithfulness. Faith allows us to see Jesus, the worker of miracles, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who can pull fish out of the uh, the dark depths of the sea, and He can pull blessings and salvation and forgiveness out of the depths of your own darkness and despair. And as we trust in Jesus, we quickly learn what Isaiah learned. That the God who is holy, 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 is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. God is revealed in Jesus. Epiphany. He loved you so much, he died and he rose again to save you from the depths of the darkness of your despair. In our Old Testament lesson, the forgiving nature of God is revealed, revealed, epiphany. An angel goes to the altar, a burning coal was taken from the altar and it touched Isaiah's lips. And do you remember what Isaiah said? He said the same thing we say after we make confession of our sin. God told Isaiah, behold, this burning coal has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, your sin is atoned for. Atoning sin is a, removal of, is a removal of a transgression. Sin is atoned for when the offended person, the victim, when God pardons and removes the offense. Atonement happens when the victim chooses to cover the other person's wrong. Atonement Restores a broken relationship. That's what God has done for you. That's what Jesus has done for you. And that's how sinners now stand in the presence of our holy God. We stand cleansed. We're allowed to live in his presence because his body and blood has come to atone, to cover. Epiphany. It's a miracle. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is covered. Your debt is paid. What happened to Isaiah in the temple is exactly what's happening to you right now at this, at this rail. Now let me wrap things up quickly. We are people who trust Jesus, right? We are the people that believe in epiphany. And what do epiphany people do? Well, they're called Epiphany people are called to do what? Jesus told Peter, from now on you'll be catching men. What do epiphany people do? Isaiah told God, here am I, send me. I'll go catch some men. And the Lord said to Isaiah, go. So we make confession that we're sinful and unclean. We come to the altar for cleansing. We come for atonement to be cleansed, to do what? To go. To go do ministry. To go love the body of Christ. To go do the Lord's work. To be fishers of men. To tell people about Jesus. Why? Because the world sits in darkness. And the world doesn't know the favor of the Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.